Welcome back to Cool Clear Water, the inaugural eight-episode series of the 40-Day Hero's Journey podcast, the podcast of original stories where fictional characters find themselves in life situations, and we explore how average folks can be heroes, just like in Hollywood films. My name is Richard Leipold Schneider, and I create these stories following the steps of my book, The 40-Day Hero's Journey. My goal is to show how being a hero isn't reserved for a select few. On the contrary, being a hero is possible for everyone. We left last week's episode with a cliffhanger. Our hero, Alex, was desperately trying to protect her dog and best friend, Max, from potential arsenic poisoning. Max means much more to her than just a tool for detecting hazardous chemicals. He is the one she relies on to be there for her. Losing him would be devastating. We pick up just moments after with the final installment of this series, Episode 1H, Well Done. Alex is yelling for help. A potentially dangerous powder is covering her specially trained chemical detecting dog, Max. During their search for arsenic contamination, he walked through an abandoned mine tailing, an area of ground rock left over from gold mining usually laced with arsenic. He kicked up enough soil to have deposited a noticeable amount on his hazmat suit and, more concernedly, his head. Alex grabs his leash from the loop at her hip to click it to his collar, and she leads him away from the contaminated ground. Once clear of the area, she rips off her backpack and grabs her drinking water bottle clipped to one side. She unscrews the cap and desperately begins to rinse Max as best she can, starting with his head. His hazmat suit will help but hopefully he didn't inhale a significant amount of toxic chemicals. Her one water bottle doesn't have enough to get all the dust off, so Alex looks over her shoulder in time to see Ting Yu and two of the local men running to assist. One of the local men has a six-gallon water jug he brought to ensure the team had enough to drink, but it can be an emergency hazmat shower too so he helps Alex rinse Max off from head to toe. They completely clear the powder away with this amount of water and remove the hazmat suit. Once done, and without thinking, Alex hugs the man. Oh, I'm sorry, that was very forward of me, she says. My pleasure, the man replies. Alex can't help but notice that he is very handsome. You carried that big jug all the way up here? Alex gently plies. I bring it whenever we head into the canyons. It is important to stay hydrated, the man replies. But isn't it heavy? It's not so bad with the right pack. My name is Tom, by the way. Alex. My name is Alex. And thank you, Tom, for your forethought and strength and... I should quit talking now. Tingyu sees what is going on and assists by suggests they document the scene and turn their findings over to EPA. Alex will thank Tingyu for the save later. 
Back at City Hall later that evening, we find Alex addressing the press once again. The number of reporters grows with each briefing as the contamination story spreads further. Alex explains that the arsenic spill is from the long-abandoned Eclipse Mine in the Santa Rosa mountain range at 7,780 feet elevation. We discovered several hazardous conditions. From our initial inspection, we believe the source of the arsenic contamination is a well abandoned in proximity without a proper seal. The well deteriorated after decades without maintenance or use, allowing surface runoff directly into the aquifer. The surface runoff was composed of tailings with a high concentration of arsenic from the mine. This, in combination with spring snowmelt erosion directly in Woodman Creek, created a twofold point of access for the contamination to occur. Have the previous owners been found and notified? A journalist probes. EPA will be exploring previous mining rights. I am unable to comment on any possible outcome. What are the next steps? EPA is on site with the evaluation process beginning. I expect the remediation process will start by plugging the abandoned water well. Then, they will address the mining operation remnants left on the ridge and slope. Hopefully, they will be able to remediate the entire site. But again, EPA will provide more information. How long will it take to get the drinking water safe? Her explanation primarily refers the reporters to EPA, but Alex gives an estimation based on her expert opinion. EPA will be providing arsenic filters for the affected wells and additional wells in the area that may be affected. These filters are relatively easy to install, which could happen quickly depending on filter availability. How much will that cost? In previous instances like this, the CERCLA Superfund covers the cost until EPA can levy fines against the company or individuals responsible for the contamination. The point of the CERCLA Superfund is to ensure remediation can begin immediately and reduce the consequences to the public and the environment. We have contacted the U.S. Forest Service since the mine location with the water well is in the Humboldt National Forest. EPA will work with the Forest Service to remediate the issue. A representative of the National Forest Service is here to help you with those facts, and I now hand you over to the capable hands of Forest Ranger Savannah Price. The mayor of Winnemucca holds out a hand to pause Ranger Price before she gets to the podium. Pardon me a moment. And he steps to the microphone. First, I want to apologize to Miss Hayfield, Alex, for how we treated her when she first addressed this city. It was unfair and not in line with the values of this fine city. Second, I would like to thank her for her expertise during this most difficult situation. Her diligence made this problem disappear in a week. Other communities have dealt with water contamination for years. Alex appreciates the sentiment and waves a hand in thanks. She then realizes the need to acknowledge the heroes of the day. She steps back to the mic and says, Thank you, Mr. Mayor, but I would be remiss not to mention that we wouldn't be here without the Cepeda Early Warning System. The time we save by knowing of contamination the instant it occurs changes the game completely. And I want to acknowledge my dog, Max who some of you met earlier. 
He was an essential part of the investigation. Max is at the veterinarian for possible arsenic inhalation. I am worried about him and need to see how he is doing. Thank you. Alex arrives at the veterinarian's clinic a short time later. The vet meets her at the front reception counter and invites her to follow her to see Max. He is curled up in a cage when they enter the room, and he jumps to his paws the instant he sees Alex. Joy bursts from both Max and Alex. She is overwhelmed with happiness that he is full of energy, and tears of relief and delight flow down her cheeks. The vet explains that they irrigated his nostrils. While some particulate was removed, there was not an overly alarming amount. Immediately flushing him with water as they did undoubtedly reduced his overall risk. The vet suggests keeping an eye on him for the next three to four days, watching for listlessness, wheezing, and whimpering. Any unusual behavior should trigger a visit to a vet. Alex is relieved that Max is okay. It was too close of a call when he ran into the mine tailings. Alex doesn't know what she would do without him, and thanks to her team and the community, they were able to keep him safe. John is waiting for Alex when she exits the clinic. Seeing Max on his leash, it is evident to John that Max will be okay. As soon as they are in the car, John tells Alex he has arranged for a celebratory meal back at the RV park. Tingyu and Mateo will have everything ready when they get there. As John said, dinner is ready and everyone greets Max and Alex with hugs and huge smiles. The meal is set up outside on a picnic table where everyone takes a seat. Tingyu has a bottle of wine that she is pouring into paper cups. Ooh, classy, comments Alex, indicating the cup. Tingyu ribs back, only the best for you, my dear. John raises his cup to propose a toast. I am proud of the work the three of you, oh, sorry, Max, the four of you did over the last five days. This team was able to take a potential disaster and turn it into a huge win without one injury. And Alex, even though you were reluctant, your leadership was key to making that all happen. Cheers to you all. They all raise their cups. Cheers. As they begin passing the food containers, Mateo slips in a question. So, Alex, what's next for you? Will you be heading off to a more significant role somewhere else? Alex replies. I haven't had much time to think about anything except getting through the next moment for almost a week. But I have been thinking about how important Cepeda is to the continuing safety of drinking water across the country and perhaps worldwide. To that end, there is one thing that seems to be a good idea. I want to explore creating a dog training program so we can get more dogs like Max into the field. They all agree that it is a great idea. and. Max's work this week will help solidify the idea with higher-ups at both H2OQ and relevant government departments. In addition, John is willing to help Alex put together a proposal to get the ball rolling. When they finish talking shop, Tingyu has a question for Alex. What about this Tom guy? Alex is just about to say that she is contemplating a phone call when all of their phones begin to ring. It is another drip alert, this time in Northern California. 
Heroes come in many packages. Alex is no different than any of us in that we are an amalgam of our hopes and fears. And yet, somehow, we find a way to keep going through the most challenging times. Everyone has the power to choose whether they will be a hero, villain, or bystander. Alex decided to be the hero. What will you choose? Today's episode features the following outstanding musical themes. The 40-Day Hero's Journey theme music is Longing for Home by Christopher Moe Ditlifson. And the theme music for episode 1H is Desert Flower by Colton Walls. All music and sound effects are courtesy of EpidemicSound.com, the market-leading platform for restriction-free music heard around the globe. And now, just like Alex is looking to what is next for her in the new world she has created, I too am looking forward to what is next for the 40-Day Hero's Journey podcast. I have randomly generated an incredibly fascinating new character. I feel they deserve extra time and care to prepare their story. So while it may seem I am taking a break, I will be diligently researching their world and life. I will tell you that they were born in 1916 in the Florida Panhandle north of Tallahassee, and their story takes place in 1958 Yazoo, Mississippi. The narrative will encompass topics kept hidden in that era, but still very much in today's headlines. Please join me when the 40 Day Heroes Journey podcast returns, and Thanks for listening.